In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about unprecedented opportunities, fan fiction, and boy things in our discussion of Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to discuss Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Standard disclaimer, if you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book, then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Noise. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's just, it's despicable. It's disgusting what I look like today. You're always hot. You know that. This is not, this is a weird, this is a weird thing that's happening today. I'm half, half out of a costume, but I just couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. My ears hurt. I like the behind the scenes look. It's excellent. Yeah. I, I dressed up just for you as well, so you weren't by yourself. Thanks. I thought I'll dress up as Thanks. well. Thanks. It's going to be really nice. With my yeah. sign that you can't see. But, you know, don't tell me what happens to Simon Snow. Nice. Well, I'm half of Gamora. Well, I'm I'm like I'm like 90% Gamora. I just took off the hair. Yeah. So, so technically, that's still I mean, a lot you're still of Gamora. You're still the most badass woman in the world, technically. Technically. In the universe, really universe yeah in Which the galaxy perhaps it's extremely appropriate to be dressed up for this one as gamora because it's fangirl so that's you true know, you're dressing it's as true. part of there the is, fandom it's a lot of fandom yes yeah. a fandom not this one but a fandom yes it's fine a fandom it's, exactly. it's okay. fine <laughs> Speaking of fandom, should we find out what the background information is? Yes, that, that was ter- ter- terrible segue, TM. <laughs> so the background info that I found today is from nanorimo.org, which Need is more also Rimo. why we've chosen to discuss this book because NaNoWriMo is our November theme. It is. So, we all know that Rainbow Rowell is a NaNoWriMoer, and we all know that Fangirl is a product of NaNoWriMo. So, she writes about Fangirl. So, I didn't actually finish my book that November. I met the word goal, but was only about halfway done with Fangirl. I continued working on it through January, then did a pretty heavy rewrite the next spring. Here's something that really shocked me during my revisions. I kept almost every word I wrote during NaNoWriMo. That 50,000-word pile I made wasn't a mess at all. It's some of the bravest writing I've ever done, and it includes my all-time favorite character, a guy I think I would have second-guessed to death under normal circumstances. NaNoWriMo helped me push past so many of my doubts and insecurities and bad habits, and I think that's Partly why I love Fangirl so much now, because I remember how swept away I felt when I was writing it. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that is nice. So everyone should start their own NaNoWriMo project. November has only been going on for a couple of days, so you still have time to get started. Yep. 
Unless you're listening to this exceptionally far after the fact. And then November's coming, so yay! <laughs> November's coming up sometime in the future or past, so... November always happens within a 12-month period. It really does. So, it really does. If you fancy a challenge... I can never say it right. I always call it Nemo Nimo. <laughs> you do. You always make up something that is not anywhere near NaNoWriMo, but it means National Novel Writing Month, just in case everyone doesn't know that already. So... Your Nina Namo is not ever what it's supposed to be. Oh, no, but now I feel like I've got to not say it now correctly. You have to I've say it incorrectly it. every time. Yeah. But incorrectly yeah. in a different way, please, if you can manage it. I can't remember what I've said previously when I've called it about Nemo, no more, Nimo. So I, I'm just going to go with I know. It, yeah, it always starts with a it... N, though. And I know there's an R. <laughs> Yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> I hadn't heard so anyway. of Nemo Namo Nemo until I'd listened, I'd, somebody on a different podcast years ago said that they partook in it. And I was like, what the heck is that? And it sounds very intriguing and a really good opportunity for people who aren't normally writers as well to actually have a go at that, writing that one novel. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's a lot of fun. Anyway. I've only done it once. I've only successfully so completed it once, I should say. I've started a couple of things, but then they petered out. Yeah. I think you need to be prepared. You need to be... It's not, It's a big. It sounds like a very big commitment, and if you've got anything else going on in your life, it's like, yeah, you need to make sure you've got that time. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So anyway, what are your initial thoughts on fangirl your initial thoughts your initial thoughts i struggled with this one that's not your initial thought <laughs> my initial thought was yay fangirl i loved the first two carry on books rainbow i was a really good writer i'm gonna really enjoy this and then i read it and it was okay yeah, my my initial thought was I enjoyed Eleanor and Park, so this one will be fine, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can we? I think I think we need to open with a disclosure that contemporary fiction is not it's not our thing. We don't no. love it. Unless mine's got a serious amount of boinking in, I tend not to. Like, it's got to be adult, adult contemporary Yeah, fiction. I got to have And I that is have a not element. something... Yeah, exactly. And you've got to have a horror element in your contemporary. So this one is outside our normal happy zone. It is. But I'm glad I read it. I am still glad I, I read it. All right, so shall we get started? Yes. Fall Semester 2011. The Simon Snow series of books is written by Gemma T. Leslie. Simon, an orphan from Lancashire, attends Watford School of Magics to become a magician. Throughout his time at school, Simon, his friends, and roommate Baz fight the insidious humdrum who is trying to rid the world of magic. The series is a worldwide huge success garners massive media attention, and a devoted fandom. The eighth and final book, Simon Snow and the Eighth Dance, is due to be released May 1st, 2012. 
Katha, or Kath, has just started college. She doesn't like change or the unexpected. So when she finds a boy in her dorm room, she is thrown for a loop. He is apparently a friend of her roommate, Reagan, who bursts into the room, tells her she can move her stuff if she wants, and drags the boy from the room to go eat. Kath didn't want to share a room with a stranger. She took it for granted she would be sharing with her twin, Ren. Ren, on the other hand, had different ideas, and saw the change as a time to forge individual identities, and started making friends with her roommate, Courtney, weeks ago. This is not going to be an easy transition for Kath. That first morning, Kath shoots her boyfriend, Abel, a quick text when she wakes up. Reagan isn't home, but even with the room to herself, everything feels off, and she doesn't feel brave enough to face the dining hall or the new situational rules it brings. So, a protein bar it is then. Before going to class, Kath checks her fanfics account. There are a bunch of new comments on her page, but she doesn't have time to reply to them all, so she shoots a generic apology and heads to class. When she returns, starving, the same boy from the day before is camped outside waiting for Reagan, and he introduces himself as Levi. Kath won't let him in her room. She doesn't know him, and she's tired of all the new and other already. In Professor Piper's fiction writing class, Kath notices everyone has a buzz of excitement. An actual published author would be teaching them. Wow. Professor Piper, though petite, walks with confidence and self-assurance, and she opens class with the question, why do you write fiction? For Kath, it's to be somewhere else. To get free of ourselves, to stop. To stop being anything or anywhere at all. To disappear. Back in her room, Kath finds it stifling, impersonal and prison-like, not conducive to writing her Simon fanfic at all. Sharing with Reagan is not like sharing with Ren. Ren was part of the room. Reagan is a force of personality. Even walking around the communal areas, Kath feels like an intruder. A hungry intruder. She's living on protein bars as she's too scared to find the food hall, and constantly thinking about her boyfriend Abel's grandma's cooking isn't helping. She meets Ren for lunch on occasion, but it makes her really uncomfortable because Courtney is there, and they aren't kind about the Simon Snow fanfic, which Ren used to be really into. Even the subject of Abel isn't safe, as Ren insists that she wants Kath to be with someone she actually wants to kiss. On top of this, Ren just wants to talk about parties. She is not the same twin she used to be. Kath hides in the background constantly and doesn't talk to anyone, like, literally. One day, when she's being harassed by the squirrels for her protein bar... A boy from her fiction writing class, Nick, talks to her about their latest assignment. Adding to the weirdness later on, Reagan asks if she has an eating disorder. Kath Mm. has to admit that she doesn't know where the food hall is because she hasn't looked. Reagan calls Kath out for not asking because asking her basic needs is not bothersome. Reagan takes Kath to the food hall and it turns out to be a perfectly normal place with no weird rules and decent food. And Reagan turns out to be a perfectly normal person who has an engaging, a little brash personality. Might they be acquaintances now? 
or friends? <gasps> when Kat comes back to the dorm room a few days later, Levi is there and begs her not to make him wait in the hall again, and Kath relents. Levi is a naturally happy guy who has a smile for everyone and treats people like they've been friends for years. This is really helpful at his job at Starbucks, but is disconcerting to Kath. She just wants to ignore him and study and write fanfic. Going to college and working on her Simon Snow fiction is getting hard. Her creativity seems stifled and her time is scant. Her story, Carry On Simon, is a huge success, and she can't respond to all the comments. Kath and her friends are treating it like it's the eighth Simon book. It's already longer than most of Gemma T. Leslie's books, and she won't rest until she has the story written. In Fiction Writing One Day, Nick turns to Kath and asks her to be his writing partner for a story they have to write together as an assignment. They plan to meet in the library at night since Nick works there, which is surprising to Reagan, who thought Kath would be too wary of going out after dark. Levi, being a gentleman, walks her to the library. On the way, Levi tells Kath he is from a small town called Arnold and regales her with the stories of Buffalo. Before he leaves, Levi tells Kath to let him know when she's done so he can walk her back. In the library, Nick is waiting. He wants to use his notebook to write down their ideas rather than using a laptop, ostensibly so they can see their ideas switching between them as they build their story. Yeah, that's the only reason. Mm-hmm. The exercise mm-hmm. is fun and it's brought back memories of working on Simon Fick with Ren. But Nick, Nick isn't Ren. No, no, no. not at all. He's got boy no, parts. not at all. He and does have boy parts. Mm. Mm. Over the next few days, Kath keeps leaving voicemails for their dad, each one more demanding that he call her back. Kath is worried because he has a history of mental illness and can get lost in the frantic, hyperactive creativity that comes from his job in marketing. This is detrimental to his sleeping and eating habits and his rational thought. On Friday night, while she is working on Carry On, Simon, Kath remembers how well-received her and Nick's story was in class and wants to share it with someone. She calls Ren, who is drunk, and when Kath says she wants to talk boy stuff, Ren instantly jumps to Simon and Baz-related conclusions and mocks Kath before hanging up on her. This makes Kath both mad and upset. Simon and Baz were meant to be untouchable. Her mood stays down the whole weekend, and she ignores Ren's calls. When Kath's sad hermit routine starts to creep Reagan out, she forces her to go bowling with her and Levi. She has actual fun, but draws the line at going to a bar after. Back in her room, she checks on her dad again, then works on Carry On. Abel's name pops up on Kath's phone later, which is strange because he never calls. They don't talk. It's like text exclusive yeah it's a healthy relationship really it really is but i mean it's not gonna matter now because it's not a happy phone call it's a breakup call oh damn yeah abel has met someone else and wants to have an actual relationship with an actual person kath doesn't 
really have any strong reaction to this and Ren, when she visits her later, points out she never really liked him anyway because they never really had a relationship, so, you know, whatever. Mm. He gave her a power cord as a gift, by the way. A power cord. That's, yeah. As the sisters are talking, Reagan and Levi barrel in and are stunned. Kath has a twin sister, an identical twin sister. And Levi calls Ren super hot, which Kath is offended by, taking it that he's implying Kath is the ugly one. They are identical oh, twins. They are identical twins. You can't, one can't be hotter than the other one. They look the same. Kath falls into the pattern of working with Nick in the library until midnight and sitting very close to him. When she meets Ren, it's all parties and boy talk, and Kath is starting to notice things. Boy things. Guys. Everywhere. (laughs) Seriously, everywhere. I also just cracked myself up in my own head with boy things. I don't know why. (laughs) Boy things. It's boy things. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Even Levi is a distraction. Subject change! (laughs) Kath points out to Ren that their dad misses them. He seems fine, but misses them. So Kath plans a visit home to Omaha. As she's waiting for her ride, Kath walks around downtown Lincoln, popping into a Starbucks where Levi just happens to be working. They chat and he makes her a special coffee, pumpkin mocha brevet, light on the mocha, and she leaves. When she gets home, things aren't great. Her dad is in the throes of one of his hyperperiods. His explanations are disjointed and frantic. He's not focusing fully or looking after himself as well as he could. Papers are strewn everywhere, and the living room looks like chaos. To assert some normalcy, they head to a taco truck, and Kath Mm. tries to instill a routine over the weekend. Surprisingly, Kath's dad admits to having been talking to their mom, who left them when she and Ren were only eight years old, on 9-11. The 9-11. Terrible, terrible situation. And now, she wants to reconnect. Hmm. Kath will have none of it, and is doubly surprised to hear Ren is considering it. She challenges Ren back at school, and both are defensive of their positions regarding reconnecting with their mother. To add to Kath's angst, Professor Piper returned a writing assignment about unreliable narrators and told Kath she had plagiarised as she turned in Simon Snow fan fiction. Kath tried to argue her position with, you know, a noted academic and published author, but you know, mm. you, you, you try there, love. But the professor was clear that the character and world were not her intellectual property, so she's a thief. Professor Piper believes Kath can do better and has stories of her own to tell. But Kath doesn't believe this, nor does she want to. She wants to stay in Simon's world. This calls for an emergency Kanye party, which is interrupted by Levi walking in. However, Levi just joins in. Reagan, on the other hand, is stunned when she comes home later to find the two dancing on the beds like lunatics. As they catch their breath, Kath gets a 911 text from Ren, 
She's at Muggsy's, a bar on East Campus. Since Kath didn't know about the dining hall, she certainly doesn't know there is even an East Campus. So Levi drives her over. She is so clueless. Oh my gosh. Has she not looked at a map of the university? Right, or like looked it up on the internet? Jeez. Yeah. It turns out to be a false alarm. Ren is totally wasted and sent the 911 text to the wrong person. And it wasn't because she's in trouble. It's because there's a cute boy one of her friends likes in the bar. Stop killing the buzz, Kath. Leaving Ren in the capable hands of her friends, Levi takes Kath to a truck stop diner that serves the best corned beef hash to cool off and calm down. They sit and chat for a bit, and Kath relaxes into the conversation, admitting what Professor Piper said about the fan fiction. Levi doesn't really understand, but he sympathizes and offers the reassurance she needs. Oh, Levi. And no, bless his heart. His simple, naive heart. When Kath is next waiting for her fiction writing class to start, rebelliously reading fan fiction... Courtney walks by and asks about the cute blonde she saw her with. It's only Levi. Thankfully, Nick interrupts, mourning about his last assignment being overly slick and impenetrable. That's a horrible comment, isn't it? But he's hopeful about a teaching assistantship in the advanced class next semester. Yeah, well, her feedback was way worse, so... Back in the dorm room, Levi pops up when Reagan isn't there and Kath lets him in. Gasp. Oh, my <gasps> God. I know. I know. <gasps> they talk more about her writing fan fiction and Levi persuades her to read some of it to him until Reagan returns. Kath isn't trying to make friends, but she accidentally starts hanging out with people. They start off as study groups or routinely seeing people, but evolve, or devolve, depending on your point of view, into friendly conversation, but never spread into her personal life. On the other hand, Ren's social calendar explodes. Levi, however, keeps making an effort, always asking Kath to join and to go to parties at his off-campus student house, which inevitably Kath turns down. One day, Levi comes to her dorm room looking for Reagan to help with a book assignment because he isn't a book person and needs her to tell him what happened. Instead, Kath is there alone, and Levi is able to persuade her to read more of her fanfiction until Reagan arrives. The day before Thanksgiving, Kath's dad comes to pick the twins up, and Courtney comes along and takes Kath's usual seat in the back with Ren. Wow. She's really jealous of this. So jealous. Oh my gosh. After they drop Courtney off, their dad asks what time their mom is picking Ren up. What? Mm -mm. No. Kath Mm. is not happy. So the rest of the car journey is really awkward and the fight continues over the weekend and worsens when Ren doesn't make it back for Thanksgiving dinner. This seems like a major foul. Like a major family foul. It really does. It does. It's yeah. not good. You're dropping the ball there, Ren. Yeah. Back at campus, Levi is standing outside the dorm door again. Kath is happy to see him, so she lets him in. 
Levi isn't his usual happy self. He's anxious and frustrated. Reagan was supposed to help him study. Levi reveals he isn't a book person because he struggles to read and has his study partners who help him out, including Reagan, who isn't there. So, Kath offers to read the book to him and does so for hours. Things start to get snuggly on the bed, and eventually one thing leads to another, and Kath is being properly kissed by her roommate's boyfriend until they both fall asleep. They wake up when the door is slammed shut and they find Reagan standing at the bottom of the bed. Awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Levi books it out of there since he's late for work and Kath just stammers out apologies. Um, Kath? He isn't Reagan's boyfriend. I mean, he was once, like a long time ago, but she cheated on him. And seriously, it was so long ago. It's not even a thing anymore. Stop thinking about it. As soon as Regan has showered, she'll be over the shock. And she is. (laughs) She also explains to a crying Kath that Levi has liked Kath for ages. So really, it doesn't come as a surprise. Now, should we go to lunch? Hmm. Yeah, Reagan. Reagan's a good person. She really is. And you know what? Kath really likes Levi. So much so that she's willing to go to a party at his house on Friday night with Reagan. Unfortunately, when she gets there, she sees Levi kissing some blonde in the kitchen and has to leave pronto. Well, shit. Oh, oh it's bad. Cool. Oh, it's that's bad. Cool. It's bad. Yeah. Well, it's more than a week before Kath sees Levi again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awkward. Well, for Kath anyway, yeah. because Levi is completely clueless. She <laughs> continues on with classes, leaving voicemails for her dad and meeting Nick in the library. She's done some heavy storyboarding edits and rewrites, and he's wanting to submit the work as being under his authorship. Kath knows it's wrong, but backs down when Nick starts to get insistent and that he started it, so it is, and he finished it, so, you know, it is, and he worked on it outside the library, so it's his. So Kath just lets the matter drop. All the time, though, Kath is pining for Levi. Ah, the heart wants, the heart wants. Look, now is not the time to pine for Levi. Now is the time to say, dude, I wrote half of that thing that you're turning in as your own work. So, um, no, do your own stuff. Yes, I, Mm. I, I agree. As finals week starts, Kath still hasn't written her final fiction writing assignment. One night, she falls asleep in the attempt, only to be woken by her dad's work colleague and friend, Kelly. Her dad has been admitted to St. Richard's Hospital for his mental health. In a panic, Kath drops everything to go to her dad. The only person available to drive her to Omaha at such short notice, and during finals week, is Levi. Levi asks no questions, just drives Kath to the hospital and sits and waits with her for hours until they let Kath see her dad and 
Levi's gone when she leaves. Oh, he's a good ninny. He's a good even if he is kissing he is, a white random blonde in the kitchen. He's very good. Yeah. Back at home, Kath spends hours tidying the mess and putting the house to rights, constantly thinking that this wouldn't have happened if she or Ren had been there. When she got in touch with Ren, Ren explained that she didn't see the need to drop everything in finals week to come see their dad, who was being well looked after in the hospital. Ren advises Kath to get in touch with her professors to let them know about finals and to defer her fiction writing assignment that she still hasn't started yet. Yeah! She'll get right on that. Spoilers! Yeah, I'm sure sure she will. She doesn't. Mm. Mm -mm. This isn't the first time their dad has had a hospital stay, by the way. And Kath is convinced that she will have episodes like her dad and usually, Ren talks her down through these moments. Now, Ren isn't mm. there, and Kath can't think of anything to say to her sister either, so mm. she's alone. It's not, it's not good. None of this is good. No. After a few days, Kath's dad is released, and Ren comes home for Christmas. They fall into a pattern of Ren going out to see friends, staying out all night, and Kath declining any invites because she has to look after their dad, despite his assurances that the medication is working and when he comes off that, he'll start jogging every day. He's gonna be fine. Kath and Ren inevitably have another argument because Ren will be visiting their mom and her family over the holiday. Kath was prepared for the news, but she isn't prepared for Ren to blame her for doing everything by herself. Neither sister can see the other's point of view. On Christmas morning, under a photograph of the three of them standing next to a Christmas tree because they forgot to get a real one, there is a present for Kath from their mom, which she refuses to accept. She blames their mom for breaking their dad's heart and mind, for not wanting to be their mom, for leaving and ignoring them, and for screwing her up. Kath doesn't want any part of her to come back into their life now that it's convenient for her. Mm. Mm. After a few days, Kath tells her dad she's not going back to school. Her dad tells her that under no circumstances is she to stop her life to look after him. He's doing well and plans to do better and she can't squander her life and her scholarship. They have a few more discussions and her dad will not budge. Ultimately, when Ren is dropped off at school, Kath steps out of the car with her. Of course. Dude, if you left college after the first semester, that's just... Mm. Mm. You can leave college after the first semester, but you need... It needs to be for valid reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be made up reasons. Yeah. Anyway... Now it's spring semester, 2012. Sitting in her room with Reagan, Kath is looking at her grade sheet. Fiction writing says ink, meaning incomplete. She never submitted her final assignment and never got in touch with Professor Piper to discuss the family emergency. Kath was expecting a C or a D, not an incomplete. Really, she never had any intention of submitting it because writing her own fiction just isn't her thing. 
She wants to write about Simon and Baz and get lost in GTL's world, not build her own from scratch. It takes a lot of effort for Kath to go and see Professor Piper, and when she does, she is too stunned to be articulate. Professor Piper sees a lot of potential in Kath. She wants her in her advanced fiction program. She wanted her to be her teaching assistant, but since she didn't submit her assignment, Nick is... Ugh, Nick, ugh, barf, barf on Nick doing anything because he's such a shithead. Ugh, he's so slick. Ugh, so (laughs) slick and impenetrable. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Piper. No, ugh, 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 boy things. Professor Piper is going to give Kath an unprecedented second chance to complete the course and write her own story. This isn't a thing. Nope. Nope. Hate it. Hate it. Yep. They'll meet regularly over the semester and they can discuss her progress. Kath tells her she will think about it. This never happens. (laughs) Ever. This never happens. It never happens. No, and she doesn't ever even think about it. She's just, she's already just decided in her head she's not doing it. She's not doing it. At this point, at this point, my anger levels are like, you know, it's like a cartoon when you see the thermometer and the mercury just goes, (laughs) that. Mm. Anywho, anywho, Levi. Levi is in his usual spot by their door in the hallway, waiting for Kat. He's come to confess that he lied to her before Christmas. When he drove her to the hospital to see her dad, Kath had called him out for kissing the blonde in his kitchen, and Levi had said that both Kath's and the blonde's kiss were just a kiss. But that was a lie. Their kiss meant something. Levi has liked her for a long time. Like, really liked her, and wanted the kiss to be the start of something, not the end. Kath is fussed. She wants it, but doesn't know if she can trust Levi. Plus, Levi is so hard, and Kath's mind is wandering. <laughs> can you mind out the good of Kath, honestly? If they take it slow, Kath is willing to try. Levi, she's willing to try. She's she's willing to try boy things. She's willing to try boy things, but not, you know, actually do her college work. Levi's smile devours his face. Oh, Aww. Aww. he precious. Oh, he's so sweet. He's so sweet with his boy things. To calm Kath, as she seems skittish, Levi all the boy things. She can't take it. <laughs> she can't take boy things. She can't. She can't take it. Anyway, to calm her down. Because she's totally skittish. Levi asks her to read him more of her fan fiction. When she finishes, to add to the sexiness of the situation, Kath asks about Levi and Reagan's past relationship. Oh my god! It's not sexy at all. Stop no. it. Oh my god. Don't None ask about good. that. It's not important. <sighs> hmm. They're from a very small town. They dated for three years in high school. She cheated on him, and it took a while for him to talk to her again. But now they're friends, and everything's fine. (laughs) 
They make plans to go out the next night, and though Kath desperately wants to tell Ren about her date, she doesn't. Instead, she studies and stays up late writing fanfic. Reagan is very supportive of Kath and Levi, <laughs> though she imposes some rules. <laughs> Number one, nobody talks to her about sex. No Number two, bits. no lovey-dovey stuff in front of her. Number three, nobody talks to her about their relationship. And number four, no jealousy. They're both her friends. She wants the best for them, but she needs boundaries. <laughs> Reagan will, however, help Kath get ready for their date. I love Reagan. Reagan is so good. I love Reagan. She, she's too good for this book. She is. Levi takes her to East Campus and they visit the gardens, which at night are beautiful. And they talk about Levi's family. He has a bevy of sisters. His mom can only be described as dominant and his dad works at their ranch. From then on, they see each other every day until it seems Levi has always been part of her day, but they don't seem to do much else but talk, and nothing changes in their interactions with each other. There's no kissing at all. There's no there's no boy things. No boy, no things. boy things are revealed. No girl things. No things. No. No, there are no exposed body parts. It's an empty Nothing. space. It's a void. <laughs> Though Kath can study with Levi, um, she can't write a fan fiction. It, it's just so awkward with him sitting in the room because she gets so mm. lost in him and his boy things. Oh. Mm, he's so boy dreamy. Things. Boy, oh, boy things. things. Oh, boy. They never go to his room either. Kath can't handle it. It seems too grown up. But she keeps having fantasies of tackling Levi and rolling around in the daisies with him and his boy things. And his boy things. <laughs> Levi, the big sweetie that he is, even offers to drive her home to Omaha so she can visit her dad that weekend. Mm. Beforehand, though, mm. Kath has made up her mind about Professor Piper's amazing and would never happen offer. It doesn't happen. It's, this is the biggest mm -hmm. fiction of the book. And mm -hmm. she needs to talk to her. She's going to tell her, thank you, but no thank you. That, however, does not happen. Instead, Kath comes away with an agreement to meet again in a few weeks with a progress update. For fuck's sake. <sighs> so hungry. So, so hungry over it. On the way back to Omaha, the weather has turned really bad. Levi should not be driving in such treacherous, icy conditions. But he does because it's important to Kath that she sees her dad. Thankfully, they make the journey safely. But it's too bad for Levi to go straight back. So he spends the night on the couch. Levi is a complete hit with Kath's dad, who asks Kath if she's still in a hurry to drop out of school, wink, wink. It was a good weekend of fish tacos, time with her dad, 
and 5,000 words of carry-on. That's a lot of words. That's a, that's a goodly amount of words. That's a huge amount of words. But she can't write 5,000 words on a college assignment. No, she can't. Even if it's garbage. Just write garbage. It's fine. Literally like the word garbage all the time. Anywho, Levi is going home to visit his family and it's perfect, perfect for Kath. You know, yes. I mean, she can actually get some writing done. She's done 5,000 yes. words for Kath's sakes. Anywho. She's got to do a million on professors. More exactly. But it's not for Professor Piper's assignment or even any of her other classes. She gets really into carry on since her rhythm has been off spending so much time with her boyfriend, not kissing, by the way, though she does think about it a lot. As she's sitting down Friday night to start writing, Kath receives a phone call from Ren, except it's not Ren calling, it's their mom. Oh my gosh, Ew. why is she calling? Mm, no. Ren is in the hospital, getting her stomach pumped and being treated for alcohol poisoning. Kath oh, calls Reagan, who takes her to the hospital. And when she gets there, her mom is in the waiting room. They have a strained but civil conversation. Her mom has already contacted their dad, who was on his way. Then they sit in silence. Complete and utter mm. silence. For hours. Mm. Eventually, they're allowed to see mm. Ren, but their mom doesn't go. And uh, instead, she leaves. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Mom is terrible. Yeah. Ren doesn't remember what happened and doesn't even know who dropped her off at the hospital. It's not, it's not, it's not a good, good thing. No. A short time after their dad gets to the hospital, Ren is discharged. Waiting in the reception is Levi and someone Kath met during the 911 fiasco, Alejandro. It seems Ren also has a boyfriend. Oh. Oh. I bet there has been some boy things with There's Ren been a lot of and boy Alejandro. Things. So many boy things. So many boy things. So many. Their dad is concerned for Ren until they get home. He wants Ren to stop drinking completely and come back home. Obviously, Ren objects to this, and it takes a few days, but she's able to persuade him to let her go back to school, at, at least. At least she's got that. Kath, however, is tired of being mad at Ren. They realize they've missed each other and that they need to try harder. They talk about Simon and Baz, which should be safe common ground but when ren finds out kath is thinking about killing baz in her story she has to plan an intervention you cannot kill baz don't do it don't stop it kath. baz stop, stop it. it stop you stop it stop you stop it stop it stop. back at school Kath formally meets Alejandro, and he seems really nice. Levi doesn't come back until the evening, and Kath is getting ready for bed. But Levi is able to persuade Kath to finally come to his house. He introduces yeah. her as his girlfriend to everyone, and then leads her to his den of iniquity. <laughs> and it's awful. 
his room is at the highest point of the house, so, you know, it's remote. And it's practically in the trees. And it's practically enchanted. Oh, no, it's perfect. That doesn't sound awful at all. It's wonderful. Lovely. Levi asks Kath to read him more of her fanfiction because he knows it will relax her as she is a bundle of raw nerves. Though Kath thought they were there to do stuff. You know, boy things. They were there to do boy things. She agrees because she really does need to calm down. As Kath reads, Levi moves closer and starts to gently touch her. When the story ends, he wants her to keep going. When Kath is reading, she lets him touch her. At this realisation, Kath drops her phone and touches him back. A lot. But still not the boy things. There's the maybe boy things. A little bit of boy things. It was really, really awkward, this part, where she's like, oh, I just want to eat your chin. Oh, I want to make out with your chin so hard right now. I'm just going to make spends... out with your chin. Oh, oh your ear. Your ear. I'm going to eat your ear. Oh, mm. oh ear. your ear and your chin. Mm. Oh. oh, yeah. Like, come on. So perfect. There's, there's more just... things. There's more it's things like... to boy things than ears and chins. It's, it's like... It was like a 12-year-old making out for the first time. Yeah, it was real weird. It was weird and awkward and very It was uncomfortable. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Levi's got actual boy th- bits, you know? Boy yeah, he's things. got actual experience. He's got actual yeah. boy things. And Kath doesn't know what to do with boy things. She looked even at a biology textbook. I mean, you know, go anatomical. I don't know. She's not taking. She's not taking a biology class right now because she's. Well, she still she doesn't need work it. for a college course anyway. So. <laughs> Anywho. Anyway, Kath and Ren have started healing their relationship. So when Ren returns to school, there's no worry or trepidation about calling or texting each other. They're hanging out together more as a foursome with Levi and Alejandro. They've talked about their mom and have come to an understanding that Ren will have contact, but Kath wants nothing to do with her. Ren even offers to beta read for Kath like she used to. The eighth Simon book is due out in only six weeks, and Kath needs to be finished with Carry On by then and not kill Baz. Kath has an outline for the last bit, and it's okay. What Kath hasn't been working on is the incredible opportunity Professor Piper gave her. Kath just straight up lies to Professor Piper's face, telling her that she started working on the assignment. You son of a bitch! Liar, liar, pants on fire. Just write something! A few days later, Kath and Ren are arguing about some small detail in the latest Simon installment Kath has written when she spots Nick standing outside her room. Regan, who was inside, made him wait there but opens the door to find out why he is pestering Kath. 
Nick needs to have a private conversation, but Kath invites him to discuss it openly in the hall in front of Ren and Reagan, and now Levi, who has just turned up. It turns out that the story he and Kath wrote together is going to be printed in a very prestigious journal, but Professor Piper knows Kath helped write it and won't allow the publication unless they are co-authored. Nick is begging Kath to agree. She can even be named first, but he's really smarmy about it and a bit of a prick. Kath declines any credit, telling him he can have it all. It is, as he said, his story. Nick gets angry and tells Kath he lost his teaching assistantship because of Kath. How? How did he lose this assistantship because of Kath? How? Anywho. And he, he needs this opportunity. It means so much to him. But Kath steps away and into her room with her friends, leaving Nick in the hall. As Reagan said, what a douche. Look, I'm thinking that Professor Piper knew that Kath has done way more than he ever did. And she doesn't stand for cheating. She doesn't like plagiarism. So you're And fired. he is a liar. And technically, if he's handed that in as an assignment and not admitted that it's, it's co-authored, he should fail. Yeah. Yeah. He should not be given special permission to write another story for later and turn it in later. No. Because that's not a thing. It's not. It's not, it's not a thing, thing at all. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist. Later, Levi drops Ren at Alejandro's frat house, and he takes Kath home. Kath offers to make Levi an omelet, and while she does so, Levi asks Kath why Ren doesn't like him. Kath is forced to admit it's not that Ren doesn't like him; it's that he called Ren hot, which makes her want to keep Ren away from him. Levi has to explain that literally they're identical twin sisters and he was actually trying to compliment her. (laughs) Obviously, this is not something that Kath would pick up on. Anyway, one thing leads to another and Kath confesses her love and needs to make Levi a fresh omelet because she gets his chin and his ears so much. They must get so moist. So, so moist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that got nasty. Mm, (laughs) Kath and Ren are planning to go to the drawing of a closer midnight release of the eighth dance back in Omaha. And Levi is coming and wants to go in costume. Kath is focused focused on getting Carry On Simon finished before the release date and won't be distracted. She's so close to the end. Her end. Ren had even taken to handling her comments, helping Kath to focus, though she was barely keeping up with her actual college classes that will actually see her future sorted. Levi, however, can tempt Kath into taking an intermission from writing. Oh, wink, wink. As Ren and Kath are walking back to Kath's room, Ren asks Kath if she'd like to room together next year. Kath can't. Reagan already asked, and she said yes. She thinks they're best friends. Aww. 
She needs to start asking people more questions. <laughs> she really does. Kath has been riding for hours when Levi stopped by. He asks if she has been submitting her fiction writing assignment piece by piece or waiting until it's all done. But Kath confesses that she's actually been working on Carry On Simon instead. And not doing her assignment. Her once in a lifetime, never before seen or comprehended assignment. Levi knows she's been working on that, but wants to know about her assignment. Because, you know, it's important. Uh, yeah, she's not going to do it. She's not going to do it at all. She's no plans to do it at all. Levi points out that she has her whole life to finish Carry On, but only a couple of weeks left to submit her assignment. Kath realizes that Levi just doesn't understand. Levi points out that he has to fight for every grade he gets and that he'd kill for the second chance she's been given and is squandering. Frustrated, Levi leaves. Kath feels that she needs to finish Carry On before the eighth dance comes out. She wants her ending to be the ending. Jimothy Leslie will get the last word, turning Kath's story into an alternate universe. But for a short time, Kath will have the last word, and Simon's story will end how she wants it to. It's not how it works. It's not how any of this works at it's all. It's not how it works. After this, Kath doesn't write a word. She cries into her pillow instead. When she leaves to grab a drink, Kath finds Levi sitting outside her door. He confesses to being an idiot and apologises, and Kath admits that she's been acting crazy. Levi encourages her to finish, and then Kath puts her lips on Levi and her hands in his jacket to touch his boy things. His boy things inside his jacket. He gets... Boy things. Touches boy things. Now it's time for the midnight release of the eighth dance. Levi is bouncing with excitement and is wearing a Simon and Baz t-shirt, which Kath finds very attractive. Ren keeps telling him to calm down, the big nerd. Even Reagan is there, but it is less enthusiastic. Once the blue boxes with stars come out and the bookseller waves her wand, it takes only a few minutes before Kath has a book nearly three inches thick and in a dust jacket that feels like velvet. Suddenly, Ren is holding Kath and they're both hugging and crying because it's over. It's over, Kath whispers. Ren tells Kath to stop being melodramatic. It's never over. It's Simon. <laughs> Dude, literally, the book is over. It's the end. It's the end. Until Gemma T. Leslie wants more money and writes some more stuff. And then she writes a really shitty play that everyone has to go and see, and they have to pretend that they parts. thought it was really good, but it's not. No, and they're doing two parts, and the it's not a proper book. It's the script. So it's even harder it's to read. It's just the script published. Yeah. yeah. And it's not very yeah. good. And no. Mm-mm. No. And, th- and then there's more that's done within the same universe. But there's some problematic casting and some problematic characters. And then it's yeah. plagued by, you know, pre-production issues and other things. 
And then also the author becomes a turf. Oh, the author's an absolute turf. Mm. I just never say the name ever again. But thankfully, the universe is okay. Yeah, but we can never talk yeah. about the author again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fine. The future's bright. Anywho, it's the last Friday of semester. Kath has a boy in her bed. Boy things. She also has a completed fiction writing assignment submitted. Halla fucking Luya. Seriously, so oh my god. I know, miracle of miracles. So far, they have both managed to avoid Simon's spoilers. Oh, it's it's been tough. Kath mm. will read out loud to Levi the whole weekend if she has to. Settling into his arms, she opens the book. And reads. The end. The end. But you know what? Don't tell me what happens to Simon Snow. No, I guess I need to read Carry On. Carry On and Wayward Son are excellent. I haven't read Anywhere the Wind Blows yet. But they Mm. are really, really good. They are excessively British. (laughs) Even though the second one's mostly in America. I'm not shocked. Okay, we need to take a break. We, need to take we a break. really do. We really do. Hi, I'm Bethany Finger, the host of Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast. Join me every week during my read-along journey through all of the books by author Marissa Meyer, one chapter at a time, spoiler-free. Each episode will feature a different guest, new fan art, and laughter and joy through reading. You can find Prince Kai Fan Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other listening platforms. And now, back to the show. We're back! <sighs> uh. I'm angry over this story. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things that I liked, but just overall, I mean, it's contemporary YA, which makes me go, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I found, I found it hard for two reasons. The first one, I didn't find the majority of the characters sympathetic or empathetic in any way we'll get to them no. but there's about two characters that i particularly liked and the word in it there enough. are only two characters that i can even stand in this book yeah yeah and neither one of them is the main character yeah so i found that very difficult if i don't like or engage with the main character or I, I, uh, it's a struggle it can be a struggle and the second thing, which I think, yeah, I think you're going to pick up on it, is Professor Piper's assignment. I cannot believe she just completely pissed away that second chance until the very last moment and still gets credit for that class and passes and doesn't lose her scholarship or any of that garbage because that does not happen. And look, college isn't for everyone. You don't have to go. You can drop out. And, you know, 
with that many reads of her story with her fan fiction and like people making merch based on her stories, she should have just started a Patreon. She really should have. She really should have. She should have just started a Patreon because she would have been able to make money. Even even if it's not her own work. You know, do something else. But she has a following. She could have started a Patreon. It- Speaking of Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> should join our yeah. Patreon. You really, really should join our Patreon. Really should. Really should. Also, we need to tweak our Patreon. But let's save that for later. Yeah. Know that tweaks are coming, everyone. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about right tweaking now. Tweaking the boy parts. Do you, do you know tweaking what? boy parts is exactly what we're talking about now. Mm. Coming fresh from university, and I would have, I would have loved the second chance that she got. You know, if, if I failed a class, I could reset, but it would be reset without the support, without. The, the, the assistance without the free reign that she's being given, it would be at right, okay, you've you've messed up, you've got three weeks to redo this assignment or make the improvements to get a pass mark, get it in. Blood, sweat and tears has to go into your assignments and she has put nothing into this. No, I honestly very frustrating. feel Yeah, if she's if she submitted that fiction writing assignment, I, I can't think that she's done any kind of she, she might it's like scraping a pass it's not anything that they've gone into there that's worthy of it's not worthy of what professor piper must be seeing in her i don't understand what professor piper sees in her no i don't and either because i don't see anything her attitude when she's talking to the professor and trying to defend fan fiction as not being plagiarism it's like they aren't your characters. It's not your world. You've taken pre-existing property and just slightly molded it into a different situation. You own none of that. It's illegal to submit that as an assignment, and she just doesn't get that. Yeah, and it's like she she gets a backup about it, and because Professor Piper doesn't understand the importance of fan fiction to her. It's like she puts this block up, this wall, and she just won't engage with Professor Piper at that point because they've got two opposing thoughts over what fan fiction is. Yeah, look, people have taken their fan fiction and changed it a lot. Yeah. And have turned it into something that people enjoy and that you can legally make money from. So why not try that i know that she like halfway mentions it for one sentence like wanting to actually it's 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 a paragraph of stuff where she's talking about changing the characters into other things and i believe that like one of them is an end table and one of them is a dog and i would have been okay with that it would have been an interesting story but you know give it a try yeah try to do something because clearly she has talent. Yeah. She just doesn't have the creativity to to create her own worlds. I don't know if it's necessarily the creativity. I just, I think it's the coward. She's a coward. 
or uh, a, gen- yeah. a gentler term of being a coward. She's scared. Yeah. She doesn't like change. She doesn't like others. She doesn't like new things. Yeah. But if you can go to college and survive by y- effectively by yourself, okay, you didn't bother to find out where the food hall was and you're subsisting on protein bars and the odd lunch with your sister. But, you know, if you can make those steps, then you can make those steps in trying to create your own fiction. If writing is what you want to do, because eventually the fanfic and the money that you could potentially make from it through Patreon will start to taper out. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna die off. Yeah, I just I found it I found it just the entire thing so frustrating and true fiction in this contemporary novel. It was the biggest. You know, there's always an element of fiction in fiction, but this was like mm-hmm. alarm bells. Um, yeah yeah like i don't want i don't want any any freshman students thinking that you can just fuck off in a class and then the teacher's going to be like oh well do you want a whole nother semester to make that up that's not a thing no i remember my very first semester of college i took a history course and history is not my thing not my thing Mm -hmm. and i couldn't handle it so I had to drop the class and so then the next semester because I dropped that class because it was either drop it or fail the next semester in order to keep my scholarship I had to take 17 hours which is a lot uh in your first year of college but I kept my scholarship because I worked really hard for it but I just couldn't do it and so look if you Mm -hmm. can't do it drop it try something else yeah. If you know that you can't, if you can't do it, just just drop it. It's okay. It's okay to do that and to take something else. But, you know, it's hard. It's going to be hard work. Yeah. I don't understand how she had time to attend classes, do the assignments for the class. Because it's not just like an assignment every now and again. There'll be weekly reading, weekly work to do in seminars and labs plus assignments to prep and actually hand in exams so all that additional study i don't understand how she had so much time there especially yeah, when she I starts seeing levi seriously to then write carry on i don't understand how she yeah, did it i don't either i, I don't just, know either i don't know i think it's because of both of us have done that we've come out the other side and we we have that real world experience and it's just i don't mean to keep harping on about it i just it's not realistic and no. it took me out of the story and it made me unsympathetic to the cath character yeah and the situation that she's in i just didn't care at that point Mm-mm. about her no no not at all do you know what i did like though i want to talk about a couple of things that i did really really enjoy yes. and one of them i yes, halfway please. mentioned a second ago with uh kath trying to create her own story from simon and baz and turning one of them into a dog and one of them into an end table i really really liked that ren was talking about abel and she was like he's not a boyfriend he is an end table and i really really liked that because it made me think of our sexy table and rage <laughs> table <laughs> like he's yes, a table he's a table <laughs> He's that boring table with the like the doily on top that's not quite like take an off white colour. 
Yeah. From the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought of the rage table and the sexy table as well. Yeah. It made me chuckle. Yeah, that's why I liked it so much. Um, I also really enjoyed the Kanye party because yeah. I love a dance party. Okay. Oh, he and I love a love... dance party. Yes. Right. And I love that she is like so nerdy and such, you know, she's such a dork. And then she's rapping. Which kind knows, of reminds me of myself. <laughs> she knows all of Kanye's words. She knows all yeah. of them. Yeah. So I really enjoyed the dance party. And then also that Levi came in and he was like, hey, what's going on here? You're listening to Kanye? And she's like, yeah, I'm having a Kanye dance party. And he's like, okay. And then they just start dancing together. Like, I loved it. I love that scene so much. Yeah. I, that was a very relatable scene. I enjoyed that a lot. If, if you walk in on yeah. somebody having a dance party, there is only one correct response, and that is to join in. Yes, or to back away slowly and just let them finish. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what kind of dance party it is, I suppose. <laughs> if it's a boy bit dance party, you back boy away things. slowly. Boy things. Boy things. Back away from the boy things dance party. Oh, so... <laughs> Um, oh, I also I really, really... like the taco truck obsession as well. I did like the fact that the constantly just talked about going to taco trucks, and she spent the yes, entire weekend with her dad once just going to taco trucks. I, I enjoyed that. Yes, that was very good. That was very good. Um, I also I really enjoyed that she read aloud to Levi because yes. I mean I think it it takes a lot for someone, you know, he's what a junior in college. He's or at least a sophomore. He's been in college for a little while and. He's in a young adult fiction class, which I took a young adult fiction class whilst getting my master's, and it was one of my favorite classes that I took. And I also took advanced young adult literature, which is obviously why we're here today. But I really like that he's taking these courses because he likes the books. He just has trouble reading. And I Mm -hmm. like that he was brave enough to say that to Kenneth, who is clearly absorbed in reading and writing and she's you know she's like why why would you say that to me and he's like well you know obviously he's telling her because he trusts her enough to say hey I can't read very well like obviously he's suffering from like dyslexia or something like that and he can't focus I thought it was on a, it sounded like a very heavy dyslexia very heavy yeah so clearly I mean he needs to get a library card. He needs to start checking out audiobooks from his favorite local libraries. That's what he needs to do. But I do appreciate that Kath was like, oh, shit, you can't read very well? Well, let me just read it to you. I really did appreciate that. I thought it was very sweet. Yes, I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> to give Kath a positive, she does, you know, she does help Levi a lot with his studying and she encourages him to go and get his harem of study mates to help him pass his class when he's having a hard time of it because she can't help mm-hmm. with all of his classes and if he has a bevy of people that he's beck and call who can who can support him then she's encouraging him to go and do that to you know don't come yeah. spend time with me go and see Reagan and get your study partner. Go and see your random person in the library and go and, go and talk to them. So I do appreciate yeah. that she was encouraging him to, to get the help. 
that was good. I did like, and I like yeah. the fact that Levi would drop everything just to help her. Like he came yeah. home from his sister's birthday weekend to go to the hospital to make sure she was okay when Ren had been was in for alcohol poisoning. Yeah, he drove her back home to make sure that you know she would go and check on her dad. He's really, really, really super sweet. And I had many moments I was like, Kathy, you do not deserve him. Mm, yeah, she does not deserve him at all. I would hope that he realizes that soon and they break up because he could do so much better. Yeah. I thought that one of the, the problems of the book was there's a lot of story being told mm-hmm. in a very short space of time. I didn't quite get a concept of time with it. Um like all of a sudden she's in the dorm, then all of a sudden she's in the library, then all of a sudden Levi's there. Some, some. I I didn't get a sense of time. Like all of a sudden, then it was it was Thanksgiving, and then very short time later it was Christmas, and then it was the new semester, and then it was only a couple of weeks until the eighth Simon books being released. I didn't get a full idea of yeah. the passage of time going on, um, and I found it very difficult to think. Well, how is it? Is this a few days later? Is this the same day? I didn't like. We know it's the start of the semester. She's eating protein bars and peanut butter that yeah. she brought with her. Yeah. And the odd lunch she has with Ren and Courtney. How long does that go on before um, Regan Regan says to her, "Do you know where the food hall is, or do you have an eating disorder?" I feel like there's a couple of weeks this goes on yeah but then you know let's say she starts school in september and then it's thanksgiving and by thanksgiving she's you know started eating with reagan and i could see that you know maybe a whole month has passed where she's just like scrounging for the food that she has brought with her and and surviving on that before reagan realizes and then you know they spend they spend their time in the cafeteria making fun of people, and that's wonderful. And yes. then it's Thanksgiving, and then obviously after Thanksgiving, very shortly after, is Christmas. So it's okay for those chunks to go by quickly. And then, you know, when you go home for Christmas break, well, when you come back from Christmas break, then it's the start of the next semester. So it's okay that that chunk of time went really fast. But then the second half, like, oh, it's second semester, and now it's May. Yeah. That went really fast yeah I didn't know. like there's a whole spring break that they would get that's a whole week off at least from school that they could have done yeah. anything and a lot of stuff could have happened so just there was there was a big big chunk there that was missing i feel like it, it would have made more sense if instead of it being the second semester like the teacher tells her okay semester's over you're going home for winter break if you turn in your story when you come back from winter break, then I'll let you pass. Uh-huh. And, you know, maybe the, the next story comes out at Christmas time. All of that would have been fine. But there was such a huge time jump. Second semester was over immediately. Yeah. The first semester was lots of little quick bits. Lots of little, and Thanksgiving. Lots of little quick bits. Then Christmas. And mm-hmm. then second semester. And then me i got confused it confused me a little bit yeah yeah um and it just felt like there was a lot of story being told in terms of her assignments and the fan fiction and then building the relationships with reagan and levi and 
finding her relationship with Ren again and Ren's going through all this shit and then her dad's going through massive amounts of problems um, and then the mom. there just seems like there's so much going on. I even have problems with the, the way that the dad and his mental health problems were were done like i i know a few people who take mental health medication and he seemed to go in hospital be there for two days come out perfectly medicated that's not how it works yeah it takes time for the for the medication to actually work and that the cocktail that you're being put on is correct yeah it, there was none of that adjustment period but this, it, again, could, it, buys, could... it goes into what i'm saying about the time doesn't work Yeah, but it could also be, I mean, he's been suffering with this for a while. So maybe this was just like, okay, well, I got to go in the hospital for a few days and they're going to change his medication a little bit. So it's not like he's starting a a completely new regimen of medicine. So maybe, maybe that could be explained away. Possibly. I feel like that's a bit of a push because... If I'm, I don't think he was on him any. The impression I got was that he wasn't on any medication because it prevented the creative process that he needs mm. to sell these gross-sounding food products. Yeah, it... and then he comes off the medication so quickly and dives straight into going for a run every day, yeah. and that's going to sort out his mental health. Um, no disrespect to Rainbow Rowell, but I don't think the mental health aspect of this book was approached correctly. No, I think I I find it problematic. Um, and that's just because of, you know, personal interaction with mental health. Yeah. Um, and because clearly we know that Adrian is suffering from the same mental issues and it's stifling Adrian. his spirit use and all of this stuff is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I, I have to try and remember that this book was written, what, nearly 10 years ago? Yeah. Um, and it was times were different ten years ago, back in the the days of yore. <laughs> there wasn't as much understanding and compassion given, and very little conversation about it. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think some elements could have been cut down, taken out, or addressed a little bit more neatly. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they were there though, because it's important that they are there, and that it is acknowledged. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I think we've established our favourite characters are quite clearly. Yes, yes. Clearly, clearly Reagan and Levi are the stars and of this not book for Kath us. Or Ren. No, not at all. Right. Can can I ask? The US has very different alcohol ideas than the UK. Mm-hmm. So when you're eighteen, you're illegal. You can legally drink in the UK. Not in but the United States. Fit. Not in the United States, and quite of, we have rules as well where you can drink legally in the house and stuff like that from no. a younger age. And no, on, honestly, I mean, you know, I might have dabbled in some alcohol that was, you know, earlier on. So by the time I was eighteen, alcohol for me held no mysticism. I yeah. wasn't attracted to it, and yeah. I wasn't the type of person to go out and party. Not bothered. I'll go out on a Friday or Saturday night. You know, I've gone for cocktails with friends, but really, it held no attraction. I'd, I'd been there, done that, whatever. Yeah. Um, but Ren just seems to have exploded. That's and then we'll... that's a thing that happens though with 
with freshmen in college. Like if you, I, if you have led a very sheltered life, which it doesn't seem like they have, but mm. a lot of times those very sheltered people will then spend their freshman year just fucking off. And they, like, it's very, Ren's portrayal was very realistic, going out and partying every weekend, not caring about anything, just drinking all the time, banging lots of guys. That's a thing. That's a thing that happens. And, like, and and I understand it, but it's just, it's also very weird that, that she would do that because it doesn't seem like they came from such a sheltered home life where she would have to get out and explore that way. Like, I didn't do that because I drank when I was in high school, and then I was done. So Sam, Sam. Yeah, so I didn't you know, I remember have being to go 16 out to parties and being the like one that. that had to go to the bar because I was the one who looked old enough not to be carded. <laughs> and back when I was 16... The carding rules were not as enforced as they are now. Yeah. They are heavily enforced now. Yeah. They weren't when, when I was 16. I I went out one night and actually made money because everybody gave me and didn't take the change. Nice. So that was very nice the next day. Nice. Um, but yeah, same. Held no mysticism. I remember drinking beers one New Year with my mum and sending my brother to go and get an Indian takeaway. And when he came back, we were hammered. <laughs> And I was like, what, 14 or 15 at the time? And this is not a reflection on my mum thinking that, you know, she. this was New Year's Eve, one and done. She would let me have the odd shandy. I do not know if you have shandies in the US, but it's basically a mix of um, lemonade and beer. <laughs> that does not sound very good. It doesn't, but when you're a kid and you're allowed a shandy, it's like, oh! <gasps> Oh my god, I'm so grown up. Oh my up. gosh, I'm so mature. Oh my gosh. I'm mature. Oh my god, I'm so mature. And <laughs> I do remember once my mum pulled the the lager into my glass and then she went and did something else, came back and she was like, she poured more lager into my glass, forgetting that it was already, she thought I'd, I'd been drinking the shandy. I was like, I've got a pint. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> honestly it's just silly but i think it my mom was very sensible because she she made sure that alcohol held no attraction to me when it was going to be a time where i could go out and get hammered as much as i wanted to and i yeah. could purchase my own alcohol so she was very sensible to let me expose be exposed to it in small amounts to demystify it yeah so yeah i think you know whatever it's never held that giant attraction to me um so i can see where ren's going absolutely bonkers but what really annoyed me was when she's having a conversation with her dad and the dad's like you are not drinking ever again you are dropping out of school and you are coming home i can understand his fear at that point mm-hmm. that he's had to go and get his little girl out of the hospital after yeah. she's getting her stomach pumped and poisoned and ren's so blasey about it, like but well, i wasn't gonna die you could you could yeah die. and she's like easy drowning on vomit yeah she's like there's no one ever gonna stop drinking like what's wrong with that you that doesn't make you an adult it no. makes you sound like an idiot yeah Ugh. Ugh. i can't not drink yeah you can it's an active decision i'm not a very big drinker now i might have the old glass of wine i might you know have a, a, a I've, I've discovered this room called dead man's finger that is absolutely delicious but I might have one glass 
every few few weeks yeah. like a bottle of alcohol for me lasts a long long time yeah i might have the occasional cider and actually i did have a cider a couple of weeks ago i had one i had one apple sour cider which was the same week that we were reading bird and falls so i thought it was really cool mm. because they make the apple cider and yeah it was it was just like serendipitous that jacob brought these apple ciders home for me but i had one and when i was yeah. done like i stood up and just cackled and then tipped over on our footrest <laughs> and jacob was like that's how much have you had just one <laughs> just one I drink do you remember receiving a text off you saying claire i'm drunk and it was oh it was the election. election oh yeah i was shit-faced then that was terrible <laughs> i was like oh no yep. i mean if there's ever a time to be drunk but oh no yep. yeah my alcohol tolerance used to be really really good it's not now no, no no i've always terrible. i've always been a lightweight and now it's just even worse <laughs> It's the hangover. I, I, I mean, Ren's lucky. She probably doesn't have that much of a hangover. I certainly didn't get hangovers when I was 18, no matter what I drank. No. I remember my first hangover. And my mother was howling with laughter because I was still living at home. And I remember it was a Sunday and she put the most magnificent roast dinner in front of my face. And my brother was there, my nana was there, and my mother was there. And I just looked at it and I just wanted to be sick. And I just couldn't cope. My head was banging. I was so tired. I was so thirsty. And my mother thought it was hilarious. Did not stop laughing. My grandmother, my nana, she was just decked the entire time. And my brother's just looking at us like, you thing I'm like, oh no it's a hangover oh no i just can't be bothered with them i can't be bothered with hangovers i'm too lazy i'd rather like you know not be feeling like crap and having those horrible headaches and tiredness oh. i can't cope I'm such an old person and i don't care i really don't care because do, at least i'm not having a hangover do you know what the only kind of hangover i like is a fictional, a fictional hangover, hangover. <laughs> oh my gosh can that be time can it be time it is time it is time amanda i am so ridiculously excited i am excited for it being time too but you know not not because of not because of the book but because we have a special guest yes Yay! we are joined i mean should does Annie qualify as super fan yet? Or is she... Okay, yes. super fan Annie yes. has joined us today. Yay! Oh! Yay! Yay! I am so excited. When uh, Claire sent me the message asking me to join, I let out a, spree- a squeal <laughs> of delight. And my husband is like, what is going on with you? And I'm like, Yay. I'm going to play Would You Rather. We Excellent. love it. We love it. <laughs> Claire has toppled over. Kneeling. She loves it so much that she <laughs> fell out of her chair. Oh, Bye. All right, so it's time. It's time for Would You Rather. It's time. It's time. It's, time. it's very much time for Would You Rather. <laughs> so we asked on social media, would you rather eat at a taco truck or get a coffee 
from Starbucks. On Facebook, 57% are going to a taco truck and 43% are going to Starbucks. On Instagram, it's 53% for taco truck, 47% for Starbucks. And on Twitter, straight up 50-50. TikTok, 37% are going to a taco truck and 63% are going to Starbucks. What does that tell you about the people on TikTok? I don't know. We got a really weird comment on TikTok that I did not include in our comments here because mm. they misread the question and they they thought that it said, would you rather eat a taco truck or get coffee from Starbucks? And well, now that I'm talking about it, I have to I have to. Yeah, I need to hear this at least. You might have to just go ahead and throw that out there. Goddess of guinea pigs on TikTok says, eat a taco (laughs) truck? No, it is metal. (laughs) So Starbucks. And and my response was, it definitely says eat at a taco truck, but I respect your decision to not eat metal. And then they came back and said, oh, my brain ignored the at. So. I mean, I suppose it depends on how hungry you are or, you know, alien yeah, species. Yeah, you might enjoy eating a taco truck. It's, we don't know. We don't know who you are. So. Hey, you know, I don't judge no, these things. No, we don't. Things. We don't kink shame. That's, no. that's typically your line. We don't kink shame. <laughs> we no kink shaming. I do not kink shame. <laughs> no kink shaming. Bedroom or kitchen, I do not Very kink good. shame. So, what about some other okay. comments that are that from people who understood yes. the question? From the people who understood the brief, who fulfilled <laughs> the assignment, we have loads, loads. Susie on Facebook says, "Coffee from S Books." I'm not a fan of food trucks. She referred to food trucks as. Roach motels? Roach coaches. Roach coaches. She referred roach, roach coach. coaches. Yeah, she referred to it as roach coach. Roach coaches. Nice. She shouted nice. about it. <laughs> Dakota on Facebook said tacos mm. because no one ever says no to tacos. <laughs> okay. Colin on Facebook says because I like my insides to remain inside my body, I'll just go grab a latte. Okay, thanks. wait. Doesn't coffee sometimes also loosen your bowels? Yeah, but food trucks have a reputation of not being ha- uh, a reputation sanitary. Yeah, and causing. Yeah, but I mean, should we just skip straight to L twenty Kev because it's it gonna probably be about poop. is going to be about poop. Let's see. L twenty Kev on Instagram said, "I'm not a coffee drinker, as it has a laxative effect on me." See, see, that's just what I said. However, a spicy taco would probably do the same too. Anywho, I've never seen a taco truck before, and we have too many Starbucks drive-ins within my little town, so it's got to be Taco Tuesday. I'm so jealous for the amount of Starbucks drive throughs he has. I have to travel 14 miles if I want to go to a Starbucks drive through 45. 45? <sighs> You're in America. You're in the rural America. I I'm mean, fo- come yeah, on. To be fair, it's pretty much, you know, other than the bank and the post office, everything's at least 30, so... Yeah. That is true. That is true. I'm going to read out and we'll read out another couple of our um, yes, super fans. Yes, we should. We've got Coral on Facebook says, I love me some tacos, but I'm going to have so go with Starbucks. I really want a coffee right now. Samesies, Coral. I have 
tea in my Starbucks. Oh, sugar That's wonderful. We had another good comment on TikTok this time from Neptune11043 who said, Look, I don't know if they put in the tacos. I don't care if it's drugs. That's bussing. And this old lady here had to look up what bussing means, and it means that the food is yes, good. Yes, please inform the class. Yes, food please inform this other old lady. Oh, okay. It good. means what? The food is good. Yes. Oh, am I down with the kids now? I know what that means. Now, now <laughs> you hip? are. Now you are. Thank yeah. God for Urban Dictionary. <laughs> exactly so. Google saves our lives. Free Tart on Instagram says, Tacos, if I'm going to pay to consume something expensive, it's going to be yummy street food over coffee any day. Excellent. Excellent. So what about you guys? What are you doing? Annie, you can go first. Oh, I can go first? Oh, okay. Um, well, I am a tea drinker in a coffee world, so, you know... Starbucks is like maybe one or two pumpkin lattes a year, but mm. now they have pumpkin spice tea. But no, I'm not a I I'm not a coffee drinker. Um, that's why I love to travel to the UK because there are kettles in the room. Um, so no, I'm going taco <laughs> truck. I love tacos, especially if they have a nice vegan uh, veggie option. You know, I'm not vegan. I'm vegetarian, but a nice veggie taco. Oh. That just, yes. Mm. And I did pose this question to my husband, and he was like, tacos? Because Torchy's tacos, they started as a taco truck, and they are damn good tacos, is their slogan. Um, so, yeah, we it was it was 100% taco truck at my house. Nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, if any taco company would like to sponsor Fictional Hangover, please go. Or also Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks. Starbucks, too. Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks. Dude, yeah. I will record every week in a Starbucks. I am quite happy to, to I'll throw myself into that book. Yeah, I I can drink their tea. Yes, we can we can we can we can do it. Yes. They do have a good chai latte. They do have a good chai latte. Yeah. Um Can I ask, do your Starbucks I have been in American Starbucks, but I have I only exclusively drank coffee in them. And, oh when I found out Trenta size. <gasps> Anywho, when you order tea in a US Starbucks, do they say one bag or two to you, or is that British thing? Um, the last couple of times I've had, no, they've not asked me that. No, oh, we get asked in the UK when you're ordering tea in Starbucks, you're one bag or two, and if you say one bag, they sometimes give you the second bag to take home. Oh, because you're paying for hmm. it. Okay, well, you know. That once again, not a lot of tea drinkers in the U.S. or mm. like proper tea drinkers. They think a bag of Lipton's counts and, you know, some tepid water. So they're like, you know, I hope the Starbucks I people feel like are. I need to clutch my pearls at that. Yeah, I like. <laughs> yeah. 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 That uh, Maggie Smith scene, I forget from what movie it is, where she's like. This water is tepid. <laughs> I need that gift. <laughs> I'm very excited because there is now we now have a coffee shop in our little rural town next town over that actually the owners have spent some time in Ireland so you can get a proper cup pot of Irish breakfast tea at 
in the middle of rural Oklahoma, and it's just delightful. That's wonderful. Nice. That's really good. Amanda, you taco truck or I'm Starbucks? I'm definitely a taco truck. Definitely. I'm not a fan of Starbucks. I don't, I'm not a coffee drinker. Like, barely. Yeah, I'm well, barely, exactly. barely a coffee drinker. So... Yeah, the only time I ever have coffee is like I'll have an espresso at, at we do have an espresso machine when I'm like just really dragging and I, I need to jump start myself. <laughs> See, in my house, we must be the absolute weirdos because coffee doesn't act as a stimulant to us. We've been known to fall asleep in the middle of drinking. The cup. <laughs> and... I was that person at a at a Starbucks where they knew me. This is before it was in it was in a bookstore. It's before Borders bookstores closed in the UK. Um, we used to be regulars at one, and the barista knew me and my husband and knew to get the venti five shot skinny lattes going as soon as we walked in. We were the annoying people who would get the five shots and you'd have to wait an extra couple of minutes in order for you to get your coffee. And again, didn't really have a stimulant effect on us. Still doesn't. Still doesn't. I drink a lot of coffee. I don't actually drink tea until the evening. Is that tea with caffeine or? Always with caffeine. Always decaf with caffeine. Is the, is the devil's tea. I had to drink decaf when I was pregnant and it was just the devil's tea. And we all, you have we've all learned from Cat Ellis that drinking decaf coffee drinks often features PCP. So maybe don't do that. Well, exactly. Lesson learned. Maybe, maybe don't and- drink the decaf. And mm-hmm. living where we live, uh, sweet tea is very, iced tea is very popular. Uh, the only time I like iced tea is in the heat of summer, and it's like half sweet with a little mint, and when I'm working in the garden. But, like, my husband drinks iced tea year-round, and I'm like, Ey. Yeah, we, we do too. I've never had proper iced tea. I've had iced tea, but British version, which we no, you got I you Yeah, have. you got to have proper with, like, tons of ice in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can talk forever about tea, so I think <laughs> just that, edit that out. I think that we should move on to the next question. <laughs> I think we which should is... too. If you hadn't guessed, my answer, by the way, it was Starbucks. Of course, of course it is. <laughs> But there was a really nice looking taco truck in New York when I was there and I really wanted to go to it. But the queue was absolutely huge. So we went to a Chipotle instead. I don't think I made a, a not decision. Not the same. No. Not the same. It's not the it's same. It's not the same. No. It's not the same. No. So if I ever go back to New York, I, I know where I'm going to go. And that find taco, taco truck probably truck. doesn't exist anymore. Well, or find a torchies. Find a torchies. All right. So next question. Would you rather write fanfic or write your own original story? Uh, am I still going first? Um, if you'd like. I'm prob- I, you know, I'm one of those people who's always toyed with writing a novel, but that's too, you know, that's like exposing yourself too much. So maybe writing in somebody else's world would be easier and also um, how I'm oftentimes I want to correct things that I feel <laughs> that they have done wrong. <laughs> what is that alternate universe in fan fiction? Ooh, yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> Where they... which story do you want to correct? Um, Most. T- just random, 
random things if I don't like the ending, mm, you know, okay. or, you know, or st stuff like that, where I feel like they've, or if they haven't done a good relationship from the book to the TV or the mm -hmm. movie, it's like, sometimes they get some things really well, and then other things you're like, Isabel Lightwood would never do that, you know? <laughs> I know these characters. You do not. Not you. I'm like, no, she would never, ever do that. So, yeah, we, you know, it's stuff like that. So, how dare you? How dare you do that? Yeah. But, yeah. We may have that that when um, the new Vampire Academy comes. comes We're going oh. to. We're definitely going to. <laughs> so, yeah, I my. Mine would be rewrite the, rewrite the fan fiction. Mm. Rewrite write fan fiction. I'm going to write my own stuff. I love coming up with the fanfic every weekend, or, like, or most weeks when we talk about it, and just coming up with something ludicrous or taking that story that one step further or a particular character. Usually a really minor character <laughs> that has very little screen time and taking them that step further because you know how me and Amanda like to latch on to the smallest... <laughs> silliest oh my god we do uh, inconsequential thing <laughs> if really either of you want to write that that uh vampire academy from uh from christian's standpoint where he's like lissa's fixer i i am so on board with that one that, if i write it amanda that, will know that was gonna it. be my answer to this question like i don't care what it is can i oh. just narrate it instead yes you can, you can. <laughs> i just imagine how cool would it be to create the next Harry Potter would world. be really great. You know, yes. How amazing would it be for some for, for you to see your characters come to life on a movie and for people to create fan fiction about your work? You know, if if I was to write a series of books and people would just to live and breathe it, wear the t-shirts um and just, you know, write their own fanfic, I would be so incredibly on it. Like when Bree did that picture for us that fan yes that was wonderful it still to this day blows my mind i still look at it and just smile and think somebody has gone out of their way has taken their time and put effort into doing something creative out of something we've mm. made that blows my yeah. mind that's amazing it is it really is it really is so yeah that's my answer. My, um, my sister and I have been tossing an idea around for about a month or two that she says she's now going to take to NaNoWriMo and she's going to try to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'll just fill in details and, and edit things. But um, but yeah, it's a very... NaNoWriMo is, is like on my bucket list of things I eventually want to do. I think Same. it would, yeah. I've done it. I contemplated doing it this year, but I need a break from writing. I've done it once with a friend of mine, with Tanya, with Tanya from Book Club. We wrote a book. Okay. Nice. Well, used to, before the pandemic, my library sponsored like a writing thing once a month on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And then also during November, they had things. And so um, I don't have a story. I have a setting that I, that mm. I, you know, but I need to come up with a story to go with, <laughs> with 
my setting. The story that my sister and I were talking about is based on a dream that she had. And she told me about her dream. And I said, you know, that would be a really good book. And then we Yay. just kind of spitballed it from there. It has a lot of uh, quantum leap feels to it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm excited about that. And um, I've convinced her, I think, Thanks for that, to um, make it have an ambiguous slash terrible ending, which is <gasps> my favorite thing. So we'll see if it happens. Yeah. Nice. Well, let's see. So, uh, you know, I've got just like a few days to decide if it's this November or in. It should be. It should be this November. <laughs> you should try it. I think. You've got a few days to decide if it's this November or an entire year to plot and plan for next plot November. Plot and plan, yes. So, yeah. Mm. This segues nicely into our next, actually, Amanda's answer to our next Would You Rather. Would you rather co author a published story with a guy who's a douche or not give your permission because the guy is a douche so it remains unpublished i would obviously rather co-author even if the guy's a douche i would i would like to have my name published well, like your your fir- my first thought is, yeah, let's not publish just to spite him, but then you're you're spiting yourself too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like okay, we we would publish, we would we would go ahead and publish, but maybe we'd find some way to to get back at him. Yeah, little. Well, that's it. <laughs> Nick is a douche. Yeah, he is. Yeah, a horrible he, he's person. Terrible. And we we know this as readers from the outset. He is a terrible person, but because Kath can't read people at all yes. or any social cues, she doesn't pick up on this for so long. And do you know when the re- the, the doing the story in the book? It's like he's going to publish a story. He's going to submit it as a assignment. Yep. you are being screwed over right now when you don't even realise it. Yeah. But there's a lot to be said as well when somebody. I mean, work, I'm I'm kind of like embroiling myself in academia at the moment. And being first name published author is huge. Yeah. It's a massive deal. And he's gifting her that. I don't know that he's gifting her anything. I feel like it's a forced thing. Well, a, 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 a forced. Yeah, definitely. But so, it's also, you know, we. I could. I don't think I was that gullible at that age, but. There's no guarantee. You know, I'm much more cynical at at this age. So, so yeah, I'm like going, don't do it. Don't do it. He's going to, he's using you. No, I'm, I'm the person who talks to characters in books and screams at them not to do things. <laughs> you know, when you're listening to an audio book and you have to stop it and put the phone down or your listening device down and go, I'm going to step away before I throw this against the wall because I'm swung. Yes. Yeah, we've yeah. all been there. Yeah, we have all been there. Yeah. <laughs> or um, the you want your list back when I used to listen to the CDs in my vehicle and the ending was so awful, I wanted to throw it out the window and it's a library copy. So, you know, you. Okay, not do <laughs> no, that. No, you'd get charged for if that. If it had been my co- yeah, you, copy, I probably would have because it made me so angry. Now you just angry delete it from your device. Yeah. Angry delete. Angry delete. (laughs) (sighs) 
Okay, next question. Would you rather take advantage of an unprecedented opportunity at college or be famous in a fandom? College is going to set you up for life. Fandom is maybe fun, but there's... I, I read some fan fiction, and there's some really good authors out there, but they're they're never gonna make a living at it. There's too many of them. So yeah, I would. I'm too practical. I would say take the take the real life advantage. Yeah, it would be the most reasonable thing to do. But I mean, look at me today. <laughs> Depends on the day, though. You know, could be the mood. Depends on the mood I'm in, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're under a lot of pressure at the moment and you're just stressed a bit, just being famous in a fandom sounds quite appealing because it's less work. Well, yeah, there is less that. Less pressure. I'm, I'm kind of split on that one. I'm, But generally, I I would go with the more practical thing, but... I'm, I would I, I would go with the that... practical thing, but fantasize about the other. Like, why didn't I do that? I'm clearly going fandom. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> I'm going to take the unprecedented opportunity because then I will create the fandom that you will become famous okay, thanks. in. There you go. Thanks. Can I also narrate it? Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. You, you need to narrow it in costume. Oh, I will, of course. But I can't wear things that rustle. I'm, I'm no, feeling very no, no, rustly no. today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I can hear it. It's rustly. It's rustly in here today. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> oh, I've just got these images of like a Medusa head or something. Like full-on animatronic snakes. <laughs> as you is your busy narrating something? That would be nice. <laughs> that would be amazing. I really want you to have some animators. I can just see you in the booth with the 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 the, 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 or the animatronic snakes, and they're going hiss hiss hiss, and you're like, shut up! I'm trying. Shut to up! I want to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm going to be the author that's sitting there next to the producer, which will be on screen, obviously. Of course. And, and just be like, oh, wow, it's so real. <laughs> wow, those snakes sound so realistic. The lifelike That's snakes. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, <I can't> <laughs> okay. Last question Would you rather live with Reagan or Ren? Oh, Reagan. 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 Reagan is. is a cool roommate. I... Yeah, I fucking hate Ren. I just like her. I fucking hate Ren. Yeah, so I'll live Ren, with Ren. Yeah, Ren. Yeah, I didn't like Ren. I yeah no. Um, well, as it's already been established, Reagan is you know MVP favorite character. Right. So she she holds my cynical heart. She has that sarcasm that I really gel with. So, yeah, if we're going to sit there and people watch and bitch on people, I am going to be sitting oh, yeah. next to her. Not eating cottage cheese with peaches in, because that's fucking wrong. <laughs> I do love to do some casual judging. Um, you know, I've, yeah, I, I 
spent the day yesterday uh, making snarky comments about people's Halloween uh, decorations in their yard. Who did good? Who did bad? You know, so I could I could definitely sit and judge with her. I tried, Annie, but the wind's making all the webs bunch up. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there are some people who just you're like going. Is there a theme in there somewhere? Because it just looks like you, yeah, yeah. And I, and it was just some of them were just a mess, and then others were really great. And myself, I, I don't do Halloween decorations. I do pumpkins and gourds because you can keep them up through Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. My only Halloween are my little yoga skeletons. Um, I love those yoga skeletons. The yoga skeletons are awesome. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do Halloween uh, decorations. I mostly do pumpkins and gourds and. Ooh. Yes. Oh, and um, is it Reagan who's getting the short Rainbow Rowl short story that's going to come out at Christmas? Ooh, that's fun. Ooh. I know about that. Yes. I can read. I would read that. Yeah, that's me going on Google right now. <laughs> she announces. At first, I thought I was like trying to what and then i realized what character she meant i'm like oh reagan so yeah um it had a christmasy title i can't remember it off the top of my head here let me look on my goodreads there was a jello mold on the cover um if the fates allow a short story by rainbow rowl Social distancing comes easily to Reagan, maybe a little too easily. She always liked people better from afar. But Reagan doesn't want her grandpa to be alone for Christmas this year. He's already spent too much time on his own in 2020. So she heads back to her hometown with a dish of holiday jello salad, hoping they can have a little normalcy, hoping it will be safe. And she isn't expecting to run into the boy next door. Mason is all grown up now. He's considerate. He's funny. He doesn't mind how prickly Reagan is. He maybe even likes it. And it makes Reagan feel like her defenses are falling. She needs her defenses, doesn't she? In a time when six feet is close enough, how long can they keep their distance? So, yes, it's Hmm. coming out. uh, When's it coming out? I thought I saw that. It's, It's sometime at Christmas. It's a Christmas story. Have you seen the yep. only comment that's yep. on it? Yep, just saw that one. It's very good. Yep. Oh. Mm. Yeah. It's not even a proper yeah, sentence. That's Where's the... the punctuation? Where's the grammar? <laughs> Where are the words in the right order? If you're going to put a comment like that on, <laughs> do it in proper English. Proper English, <sighs> yes. So, yeah, I don't see the date. It, it, but it's I, sometime around Okay, yeah, it's a Christmas thing. Yeah. Um, That is a pet peeve of mine about Goodreads, though, is there'll be all these, like, really ugly comments about a book that hasn't even been published yet. Maybe, like, an author announces something's coming, and and you're like, really? This is not a review, and I want to see a review, Mm -hmm. not a bunch of random people rambling on yeah i mean it's fine if they've been given an advanced reader copy then that's okay but it's kind of like well you need to verify that it is person 
yeah, been given do. advance to read a copy and not just a random. It's the same with like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff when TV shows and movies get announced that people just go on and like, oh no, Star Wars is going to have a movie and it's going to be a female lead. Cannot have, cannot have. Star Wars is for boys. There, you know, there's a, still bullshit. a ton of that stuff on uh, one of Cassandra Clare's novels that, you know, when they, she announced the, what order her series were going to be for the next five years and there's like this whole thing of of people going why is she still writing those it's like well some of us want to read it so stop. <laughs> you know, still a read story it. to tell read it go ahead yeah if you're not bothered for reading it don't read it and if people get all um if there's a review that i just recently read this really um this ghost story all because somebody gave it a review on Audible for not being family friendly and being disgusting. And I'm like, sign me up! And so. <laughs> if there's a moment, if a comment said, this book's about gay boys, I'd be like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, like, let's read it. If, we, if there's anything about fam, oh, this is not family friendly or the language is bad and I returned it and I'm giving it one star, I feel the need to read it and give a real review. And usually I bump it up a star to, to help them out because somebody was evil. That's my so have you way have up. you done that for all of Jackson Ford's books? Because people comment all the time about the language in his books. And he's like, hello, they have shit in the title. What do you expect? <laughs> no, I haven't read any of it. <laughs> I can't wait to read In Deeper Waters by um, F.T. Lukens. I actually got the ebook for it a couple of months ago. I haven't had a chance to read it. Just because the, the whole tagline was um, Gay Boy Pirates. And I was like, so... Nice. Nice. And then the comments were all like, these pirates are gay? And I'm like, yes. Yes. Stop selling it. You, I've already bought it. You don't need to sell it to me anymore. Comments. Um, I've just realized, I don't know that We've all answered this would you rather question? <laughs> we kind of went Did, on. Oh, it's Reagan, it's Reagan, it's Reagan because Re okay. Ren's a bitch. Okay. We don't okay. like Ren. Reagan. Okay. So maybe we have. And maybe Re we have Ren's not it. even allowed to be in the same dorm room hall, halls no, of residence. No, she needs to go somewhere else. As us, she no. needs to be by herself. She needs to move states. Yeah, she needs to go to Alaska. Sorry, Alaska. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's, is that the last, that's the last, last one? That's the end. That's um, the, the end one. of Would You Rather. I have a, I have a, a book for if you read this, read this. Can I? Can I? Can I share mine? Yes. If you yeah. liked this, try okay. this. What do you have, Annie? Yes. Um. Well, I moved off my good. Oh, let me get back to it. Geekarella. Um. There's a food truck. Um, let's see, uh, uh, the food, a vegan food truck called the magic pumpkin. There's cosplay and fandoms and a movie star, Prince Charming. Um, it's called Geekarella and it's from a series called once upon a con by Ashley Poston, Poston, P-O-S-T-O-N. Um, so I really like the first one and there's like uh, Geekarella and there's two more in the series that I haven't got to yet but yeah there's a food truck and there it, it's called the magic pumpkin and it's vegan and there's all sorts of 
cool snacks. So awesome. and that series is currently free in UK Audible. Yes, it is. I have book two and three downloaded. Um, I have just haven't gotten to them yet. But I have all three on my phone waiting to listen to. Yes, <laughs> Excellent nice. recommendation. Constance would approve as well because she was having a go at us the other week for not yes, covering it Yes, that is true. Well, so now Annie has recommended <laughs> two things for us to read in the future. So Annie has just taken care of. If you liked yeah. this, try this. Sorry. Mint. Wonderful. So, <laughs> it's only slightly <laughs> out of order. It's fine. Hey, it's fine. You can edit that out. You can you can make I that can. work. It's true. I can. <laughs> she has godlike powers. It's quite phenomenal. Wonderful. Phenomenal cosmic itty powers. Itty bitty recording booth. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, Annie. It was a lot of fun. I Thank had you, Annie. so much fun. I've been so excited. I'm like uh, just telling all my friends, I'm like, I'm going to be on Would You Rather. And they're like, what, what the hell are you, are you talking about? <laughs> then please feel free to share all of our episodes yes, to your friends. I do. <laughs> okay. Hi, Annie's yes, friends. Hi, hello. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, we, please feel free to come back. We 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 will come anytime you want us to. We 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 had so much fun. We would awesome. we would love to. Awesome. So, Thank you. So, Thank you. So you're much. welcome. Perfect. Thank you. I like it when super fans join in. I really do too. Annie is magnificent. Yep. Yep. I love Annie. <laughs> I love Annie so much. Especially during Fictional Hangover Book Club, which everyone should join in on Fictional Hangover Book Club because it's so much fun. Oh, Annie's the best. She's so well prepared. She really, really is. <laughs> She's fantastic. I want to have tea with Annie. Me too. Annie, we're going to have Fictional Hangover afternoon tea one time. We still need, scones. we really need to plan fictional hangover in Vegas. It really needs to happen. Mm. Did you know our 200th episode is the last week in July? Is it? I worked it out. Good. Because because last week I was like, oh my God, it's almost time for our 200th episode. And then I was like, wait, no, that's not, that's a lie. I am currently lying right now. I want to say it's the 27th. I have put it in the Google calendar. Nice. Oh, that's exciting. 200 episodes. I'm sure it is. I got an Excel spreadsheet out. Nice. That's very good. Okay. So maybe for, maybe for episode 200, we can meet together in person finally. Maybe. <laughs> Holidays and costings will, 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 will factor in. Yeah. Everyone go and join our Patreon so we have enough money to... Visit pay for us to meet yeah that would be really really great if <laughs> pay for my waffle house uh, desperation i need to go to a waffle yes, house you really really do or just waffle house sponsor us or starbucks sponsor us yes someone sponsor you money, us starbucks it would be great starbucks like people who read book things they do come on all right favorite final thought quote <laughs> oh dear me um i've got four i've, um, I've got three but mine are kind of cool. long Oh, I've got one medium, two, three short. Yeah, okay. What are yours? The squirrels on campus were beyond domestic. They were practically domestically abusive. If you were eating anything at all, they'd come right up to you and chit-chit-chit in your space. <laughs> Very good. 
Smiling is confusing, she thought. This is why I don't do it. <laughs> I feel awesome about eggs. <laughs> oh, Levi. Oh, Levi. And I picked this one because it's just, honestly, it just... It's hashtag relatable. Mm-hmm. You're such a weirdo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely relatable. What have you got? Okay. You've got your shit together. You're not scared of anything. I'm scared of everything. And I'm crazy. Like, maybe you think I'm a little crazy, but I only ever let people see the tip of my crazy iceberg. Underneath this veneer of slightly crazy and socially inept, I'm a complete disaster. Wow. That feels really relatable, too. Yeah, it's hashtag relatable, too. It is, it is. Okay, here's another one. To really be a nerd, she decided... You had to prefer fictional worlds to the real one. I feel hashtag relatable. Yes. <laughs> Again, hashtag relatable. And third is yeah. also relatable. Oh, no. There are other people on the internet. It's awesome. You get all the benefits of other people without the body odor and eye contact. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It just makes me think it just makes me think of us, Claire, even though we do have eye contact because we video chat every week, but like where would I be? Where would we be if we didn't have each other in the internet? Exactly. It'd be so quiet. It would be. I mean you'd be eating dinner right now and I'd be asleep. I know, and it would not be (laughs) ridiculous at all. No. I like my ridiculous in my life. Yeah, me too. I like you, Claire. I like you too. Like, really like you. Aww. Aww. Okay. Um, do we need to add in our if you liked this, try this is, or should we just use Annie's that she did earlier? I think we should use Annie's. She was good enough to provide them. Let's, let's use it them. It was really, really nice. Thanks, Annie. Yes. We appreciate you for that. And now we just the get to skip on over that and go to Indie but, Spotlight. Yeah, exactly. Annie did not give us an Indie she Spotlight. Did not give us what an have we got? I... Is there anything that is hashtag relatable? Yes, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Okay, so the Indie Spotlight I chose for this week is called Better Together by Christine Riccio. Jamie's an aspiring stand-up comic in Los Angeles with a growing case of stage anxiety. Series, a stunning ballerina from New Jersey, nursing a career-changing injury. They've both signed up for the same session at an off-the-grid rediscover-yourself retreat in Colorado. When they run into each other, their worlds turn upside down. Jamie and Siri are sisters, torn (gasps) apart at a young age by their parents' volatile divorce. They've grown up living completely separate lives. Jamie with their dad and Siri with their mom. Now reunited after over a decade apart, they hatch a plan to switch places. It's time they get to know and confront each of their estranged parents. With an accidental assist from some fortuitous magic, Jamie arrives in New Jersey looking to all the world like Siri, and Siri steps off her flight sporting a Jamie glamour. The sisters unexpectedly find themselves stuck living in each other's shoes. Soon, Siri's crushing on Jamie's best friend, Dawn. 
Jamie's falling for the handsome New Yorker she keeps running into, Zarar. Alongside a parade of hijinks and budding romance, both girls work to navigate their broken family life and the stresses of impending adulthood. I thought that was super appropriate for this week, even though there was no, like, Freaky Friday switch or... What's the other one? What's the other one that's mixed in with that story? Um, oh. Parent Trap. There's no Parent yes. Trap and there's no Freaky Fridaying happening, but still, it was it was twin sisters and these two are sisters. I'm kind of and, glad, though, because yeah. that's like a done and dusted trope. Yeah. So it's nice that they've got a different take on it. Yeah, I like it. I like that it's a combination yeah. of both of those things. I think, it, I think yeah. it sounds like a lot of fun. It does. It does sound fun. Yeah. All right. Is that it? That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss This Poison Heart by Kaylin Bayron with superfan Constance. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon so we can visit each other in person in real life one day at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you'd like this episode, check out our others, a rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>